This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Thank you for choosing the Dine Local ST podcast. Visit DineLocalST.com for the latest in restaurant offerings. Here's your host, Nick Shenton. All right, everybody. It's time for another episode of the Dine Local San Diego podcast. I'm your host, Nick Shenton. And like we do every day, we are every week, we are going to start it off with a farmer's market report featuring Joe Herman. Uh, later on in the show, we've got a uh, special visit from just Chef Justin Valchunas or Vitunas of the Guild Hotel and the brand new restaurant called Luca. A uh, fabulous new spot downtown in the original. YMCA building on Broadway. So we're going to discuss that with Chef, um, but we're going to get into some farmer's market items right away here. Uh, Another crazy week of weather, Joe. When is summer going to start? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> Check the farmer's almanac because uh, I mean it's got to be you know such an unusual year and uh, all the rain we've seen in the spring just temperatures have been kind of all over the place and that's got to be affecting what we're seeing at the market right for sure eventually something's got to give yeah um, but it is it is warming up it's been in the mid eighties which is good for the stone fruit but mm-hmm. the rain has still been around and what was supposed to be a spectacular cherry season kind of just dwindled off and pretty quickly because of the rains. Yeah, and so with, with cherries, it's, it's such a small fruit, and you know they just soak up all the water, and that starts causing all kinds of issues with them, rot, decay. Exactly. Uh, just watery flavor. Mm-hmm. Anytime yeah. you get you have sugary fruit and it gets hit with water, just that's rot right there. Okay. So well. cherries are done. That's really it. There will be some uh, floating around, a few here and there, but... I don't know how they're going to be. A lot of them didn't get the color they needed or the sweetness because of all this. All the, all the rain. But we were happy to get what we got. Yeah, sure. I mean, and, and that's, you know, when we talk about farmer's market items, when we talk about seasonality of stuff, you know, that's what makes this stuff special. It is limited. It is based on the weather. It is based on the growing conditions of that particular season. And, you know, that's why uh, the talented chefs in San Diego, you know, are using these ingredients uh, and featuring them because they are so special. But, uh, yeah, so more stone fruit coming in, right? Yeah, we started seeing a more variety of uh, plums and pluots, uh, a lot of uh, Flavor Rosa, Flavor King, uh, and some Santa Rosas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I noticed they're kind of small so far, right? Is anything like not like the normal like baseball? Well, I guess there a lot of things are like baseball-y, um, but not really softball-y yet, right? Right. Well, yeah. Well, those, not... Both of those kind of big. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe a touch touch below a baseball, but yeah, they're not sizing up totally yet. Um, a lot of it, again, has to do with just the cooler weather, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just not getting warm enough. And that's probably going to affect the sugars in them, too, as well, right? You know, heat makes sugar, right? Absolutely. Okay. And so they're not as sweet. We're getting some acid, uh, but I think it's all going to turn around as, as we move on, and it really starts getting warmer. Uh, this uh, second two-thirds of the season, is, I think it's going to be good. Uh, it- yeah. So speaking of warmth, we have seen a little bit of warmth, even though we're still coastal here and still getting like you know the end of this uh, May gray and the beginning of the June gloom. But it's been kind of even like heavier than that rainy. But some of the inland areas are getting a little bit more heat, and that's producing some peppers, right? Yes. Yeah, we got so, peppers coming out of Fresno, and right that's now. traditionally more of a midsummer kind of thing, or that's just like a staple of summer, right? Yeah, peppers for sure, mm-hmm. uh, staple of summer. But we're seeing. Uh, our first peppers now, Italian long sweet peppers, uh, and a variety of bell peppers. The Italian long sweet peppers, now those have been a favorite of chefs. What? Why do you think so? I think they're versatile. They're they're not. They're sweet. 
Yeah. That's the key. Uh, they're sweet when they're young before they're mature. Mm-hmm. And they stay, they hold up to a lot of different applications, you know. They, you can, they're called Italian frying peppers as well because they're just good fried or, or roasted. You can stuff them. So that's why they're, they're popular. They look good too. They just, they're sexy. Um, and they have a sweet pepper flavor. They don't have, the pith isn't really bitter. Yeah. And they're not super seedy, but, which is good. And that's the Italian long peppers. And what farm are those coming from? Those are coming out of uh, Kong Tower right now, uh-huh. Fresno Evergreen, and her produce. And But all those farms are in Fresno. So we get three farms up in Fresno who have had enough heat to start producing some peppers. And the again, the chef's favorite is that Italian long pepper. Yeah. Super cool. So again, starting to see some stuff in summer. What else are we expecting here sooner than later? Like, I know eggplants are kind of a summer thing, but we haven't seen any yet, right? Yeah, eggplants. We haven't seen it yet, but they'll be coming in again once it uh, it warms up. Melons. Mm-hmm. We're anticipating those in a couple of weeks. Again, we needed to get it warmer, mm-hmm. so it might be a little behind. No, uh, oh, go for it. Well, I was going to transition to something else. You got one more thing. To I say? was going to say and grapes and grapes. And so, speaking of grapes and speaking of eggplant, I saw something in the farmers market cooler that I mistaken for uh, what's that like tiny marble eggplant? Uh, and it turns out that they were young grapes, right? Correct. So I've never seen those before. What's up with those things? Those are just unripe green grapes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We got them in just you know basically for the website to get some pictures of them. They were interesting. Uh, did you I, eat one? I did eat one. What was uh, it? I mean, like super tart and yeah, starchy? Su- or? Yeah, not starchy, super tart. Did have some juice in, uh, in it. Uh, actually ended up giving them to uh, the sous chef, Joe Bauer at Juniper and Ivy. Uh-huh. I kind of recommended. I said, maybe you could make some verjuice with this. I know he likes to ferment. Well, what's verjuice? Verjuice is a, uh, I guess you could call it a, a vinegar or a condiment. It's uh, made from uh, unripe green grape juice uh-huh. uh, or grape juice, not specifically green grapes. And it's a flavoring agent used for its, like, it's it's sweet, um, like a sweet vinegar, I guess, cool. uh, for things like that. So anyway, he, he ended up making a uh, verjuice sorbet out of it after he, he, he made verjuice. And he put it with a rock, rockfish uh, crudo, I believe. So it was really cool. I saw the wow. picture. Yeah. So... It's awesome. Just again, we're talking about that talent and someone who can take something like that and like a completely new yeah. ingredient and just make it into something cool. Yeah. So and then yeah. balance that 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 fine line between savory and sweet, and you know that's really cool, super cool. All right, well, that's going to do it for the farmers market report for today or for this week. And stay tuned for the uh, chef Justin from the Guild Hotel. <laughs> All right, everybody, it's time for the main ingredient, and we've got Chef Justin Vichunas from the Guild Hotel, and more specifically, inside that, the new restaurant called Luca. It's a brand new hotel in a classic San Diego building uh, that we're going to talk all about here. So I'm super excited to welcome Chef Justin. Thank you very much. Excited to be here. All right, so... um, you're new to town, and uh, one thing I wanted to talk about today is kind of spheres of influence. And I feel like, you know, when we get when we're lucky enough to get a super talented chef in from another section of the country, it's really cool to kind of see what you know him or her can bring to the table and and influence the scene that's going on here. Um, you know. When you talk about like the lineage of chefs, you know, so many chefs around here have come up around here and, and, you know, you have these spheres of influence that they're kind of all intertwined. It's so nice to get 
somebody super talented like yourself into this new community. And I'm super excited to learn what you're going to be able to bring to the table. So, you know, normally I don't really like to go into a little bit of history, um, but let's talk about like, uh, like again, what kind of flavors influence you and what you're culinarily kind of going to be bringing new as a sphere of influence yourself into this new uh, community. So, yeah. Um, you know, it all starts from the beginning. You know, I grew up uh, in the Midwest in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, back then, Detroit, you know, wasn't this food mecca. It wasn't like the Chicago's or the New York or even San Francisco. It was, it was very humble and it was very. Uh, um, there was a lot that could could be grown with that city. Sure. Now, looking at it today, it's 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 doing great. Chefs from all over, Michelin rated, are going there. But growing up in a city like that in an environment, you know, I really had to look out in the world and look at who the best was to be able to really, you know, this is what I want to achieve one day. And, um, that's kind of where it all came from. Um, when I came up, it was who's doing it the best, why are they doing it that way? And now how can I do that without being there to watch them? Um, and I took that philosophy with everything that I do into the hospitality world. Um, and specifically when it comes to cooking, um, you know, I've, always respected chefs across the country and the world. Uh, one of them who I've always looked up to is uh, Homaro Cantu. Uh, he's no longer with us, but he was a chef of Moto in Chicago. And uh, when I was very young, about 16, 17 years old, he, uh, I started watching him and I started seeing what he did with food. And um, he wanted to do something different. He wanted people to be wowed, but in a way that it wasn't like, oh, this is just great. It is wow, I, I never thought this could be like this. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that's when I go into work every day. That's my goal at, by the end of the dish is I want somebody to be like, wow, I've never had it that way. Um, so being from the Midwest, lived in Chicago a little bit, came here from Miami. Um, I've been able to see a, a unique um, environment of restaurants from all these different landscapes. Mm-hmm. And it kind of rounds out a chef when they do that. Um, sure. I mean, instead of growing up in a city, staying there, living there, and, you know, your whole life is there, that's really all you know. Um, but working and being a part of other kitchens and other chefs and other communities, it really does elevate your palate. It does really elevate your skill, and it really does elevate your your professionalism when it comes into the kitchen. And, and that's something that I pride myself on um, when it pertains to specifically ingredients and, you know the beautiful things that this world has to offer. Yeah, yeah. Um, California has always been a dream. I mean, to the rest of the country and world, I mean, it, California has everything and yeah. we've always looked up to that. Yeah. Um, and so now I'm able to bring all of those, those different places I went and flavors and balances that I've, I've learned, bring it out here and now pair it with what California has to offer, yeah. which is now a whole new step in a different direction. So cool. So talking about your cuisine specifically. So we've already, you know, you kind of just touched on this. You've, you've got, so you've got these Midwest roots that you've already then had to take your skills to another uh, city with like a vastly different climate, both uh, what's going on food culture wise, but also like climate, like literally climate and what's growing and what's available and also what people are eating and stuff like that. So you've already translated that to Miami. Like, so you've taken this kind of, and then again, what, the, the literal climate of the weather actually determines when, how you eat and what you eat. Correct. Um, so you've already like made that transi- transition once uh, to like, you know, again, from a colder climate to a warmer climate. So now you're making that jump 
again out into San Diego. How do you see yourself adjusting to kind of like, are you getting influenced by what people are dining out here? Are you paying attention to what they're kind of doing? And how is that kind of interpreting itself into your food? So I've been out here since January 1st. That was when I moved in to San Diego. Um, since then, you know, I've, I've been creating and developing a menu based on like what I think I want to see, but I've started eating at all of the top restaurants in the downtown area. I've kind of branched out a little bit into the other communities, North park, Hillcrest, La Jolla. Um, but I am starting to learn mainly from the people that I'm cooking for. So the staff that's working, my kitchen guys, um, the people that are around me, I'm starting to give them things to taste and I'm noticing different reactions from when they're eating it versus when somebody in Miami ate this, uh, the same thing. Cause there's probably about, I would say six or seven menu items that I'm bringing on this menu that have come from other menus of mine. Sure. And so it's interesting to have them taste it and get the reaction. Some are like, Oh my God, I love this. Or like, some are like, well, I would just like just maybe a little olive oil and salt on it. So it's a different mindset out here. Yeah. And so I think what's going to be interesting, I'm going to open up with something and then six months in it, I, I might have to change or push harder with it. It, it, it really is going to uh, depend on, on the, the people that come in and just try it. I find that really interesting and inspiring about you um, because I, you know, having the ability to reflect on one's own cuisine and evolve your own cuisine based on your audience is, you know, that's a really, I think a recipe for success. Uh, finding that balance of how you, you know, how you want your interpretation to come across. And uh, that's, I think that's super cool how you're going to, you know, allow your cuisine to involve. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about was the actual property. Uh, I've had my, I've had the chance. You were nice enough to give me a little tour of it, uh, and it's just one of the most incredible buildings in all of San Diego. So, the name of the hotel is the Guild Hotel, and it is in the old YMCA building, which is uh, between India Street and Columbia Street on Broadway. Uh, it's one of the most classic, original San Diego buildings, and so you know a little bit about the history of it. Would you like to share a little bit about yeah, it with us? Yeah, it was uh, it was built in 1924 so we're almost at 100 years um it's a very unique building uh you you will notice it the second you drive down broadway um still has the classic ymca sign on top correct the the architect of the outside of the building is beautiful inside it's it's even more stunning there's a lot of history there's you know there's a sense of um entertainment there because what the building was originally used for was housing and entertaining all the army and navy armed services and being that huge presence in the San Diego area, you know, over the past hundred years, almost it's, it's something really special when you're in there and you're almost the building's empty to think about there were millions and millions of people that had events here that dined here that, you know, proposed here that, you know, so many great moments in their life. And we're re bringing that up. We're, we're, we're bringing that back. And yeah. that's what we're really excited for. 
Yeah. So, and we, we when we were walking around, no, so when we were walking around it, there's a lot of cool things on the inside and on the outside. Um, so, in the middle of it is basically where the the heart of the restaurant's going to be, and it's this courtyard that's kind of surrounded by the hotel, and that's where the restaurant Luca is going to be. Um, and what I found really interesting about this little spot is it's almost like this oasis in downtown. With a lot of the other um, Afresca dining that you get downtown, there's street noise, there's cars going by, there's, you know, all kinds of interesting, really interesting people <laughs> wandering by. Yes. Um, but here you're like surrounded by this gorgeous uh, what, 1924 building, uh, and it's the entire courtyard on the inside, and it protects you from the wind, it protects you from the noise, it protects you from those really interesting people. Uh, talk a little bit about, like, the actual dining space out yeah. there. Or- so the courtyard is in, in the heart of the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, it is truly a special place because when you – when you walk into the courtyard, um, the space itself is amazing. Our designer, uh, Sorme Ryan, she makes you almost transcend to like you're at a Europe, European cafe. It's, it's truly, truly something special. And that's where we stemmed and created this whole Mediterranean concept of what we're going to be serving there because we want you to feel that's where you are. Yeah. And it all ties in very well together. It's an open air, um, space uh with very casual but very elevated dining uh chairs and tables um there's beautiful lighting beautiful music that's been curated for us we have this cool fireplace at the end of it that has all these candles um around it that will be burning all the time um so it's very special so back into the going back into the inside of the hotel um talking about the architecture you know it wasn't just a complete gut job a lot of the rooms and halls and gyms and pools are preserved, but kind of translated to different uses. Uh, one of the coolest, the, the, the thing that you showed me was like the old gym with a track around it. And that's going to be turned into, a, you know, an event room, right? Yeah, that's our Grace Ballroom. Um, it was the old basketball court for the YMCA. And we have now, like you said, turned it into one of our main ballrooms. Um, the running track upstairs, when you walk around it. It's really cool. And you look down, it's a pretty unique space. And then our lower ballroom is actually turned, was the old swimming pool for the property, which then we turned into a lower ballroom um, to host more events. But it's, it's cool when you're down there, it feels like you walk down into a room. Yeah. Um, and most people don't have that for their event spaces. Yeah. It, it's just, again, the, it's, you know, the nostalgia plus the, uh, the charm of this building, I, I think is going to really lend itself to unique and memorable events for people because you know when you walk into any of the spaces uh again to dine in or have an event in there it's unique and it is something that's going to stick with you and the memories of the of the people that you enjoy your lunch with or that you have your wedding with or you know whatever they're all gonna be enhanced by this beautiful beautiful property and you know, and then also your incredible food. So thank you. And then the last, the, the, one of the cooler spaces too, is our garden. So we have this outdoor garden that kind of is completely separate and feels very different than the courtyard, but we're still serving our full service menu out there throughout the evening. Um, so it's kind of cool to be in these different like pockets throughout the property because they all have their own feel to it. And it's special. That's awesome. Well, guys, so that, you know, if you're listening 
I got an awesome new recommendation for you. Whether it's just a little lunch or a little weekend getaway, a staycation, uh, the Guild Hotel Luca Restaurant opens this Friday, right? Yes. So the big day coming up. We're ready. Friday, We're excited. Friday the seventh. Uh, and again, that's on in, I'm sorry, on Broadway street between India and Columbia, the old YMCA building with the old YMCA sign on top. Can't miss it. Yep. Chef. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Nick. Thanks. All right. That's going to do it for us on this episode of the Dine Local San Diego podcast to see you soon. Mm-hmm.